Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend. Happy weekend. Back at you, my yeah, friend. Happy to be here talking Always. about real estate and yes. finance. And all things related. <laughs> That's right. In fact, we got a lot of related topics yeah. to cover today. Always. Lots of related. Yeah. Not yeah. necessarily what you and I do every day mm-hmm. in terms of like our our day jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> we have lots of other things that we do. Yes, we do. And we're going to be bringing up some of the things that are in our other parts of our worlds that we think are, you know, useful information that, you know, people should be thinking about. Absolutely. Or learning about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and understanding and maybe giving some feedback on. Right. I think uh, that's what's nice about this forum is, mm-hmm. you know, there's uh, other real estate shows out there and, and, some of them I've listened to are kind of rah, 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 we do this, we do that. but Well, they're all we, about we, selling. Right. But you we, and I aren't all no, about like, oh, of, yeah. It was like, yes, I would love to sell all of our listeners a house. Would I love sure. to sell their homes for them? Of course. But I, I think that's kind of obvious. Like, that's what I do for a living. Right. Although, you know, you have to ask for the business. But at the end of the day, really what it is, is... You know, we mentioned this on last week's show. You and I are big on education. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. We spend a lot of our time um, educating others, whether um, it's classes that we teach or mm-hmm. things that we're engaged in. That's Sorry, right. You were going to say something. Yeah, no, no. That's just it's just it, and and use that that knowledge. I mean, there's different mm-hmm. things. I have a team of loan officers that, that work for me, and we're constantly brainstorming things. And, yes. And I don't know everything about everything, although I've been doing this for. 35 years, uh, you know, well, that's I probably why something you can new do every it for, day. That's why you and I are both still doing the jobs that we're doing. I was actually talking to someone the other day um, who surprised me like no one's business. And she, Cause she, she described me as being visionary. And oh, I was like, wow. Really? What? Well, like, wow, that's <laughs> awfully high praise. Yeah. And she goes, she goes, no, honestly, she goes, Reba talking to you. She goes, you're definitely visionary. It's why the organizations you're in ask you to be in, you know, areas of leadership like i'm on the um i'm now chair of the strategy committee for the renton chamber mm-hmm. right and and i at the time i thought it was funny when they asked me because i'm like i've got the smallest business of anyone on the board mm-hmm. right in terms of like overall revenues because i mean it's like puget sound energy and boeing and a bunch <laughs> of other like large organizations kaiser right. permanente right. and right. i'm like uh why is like the small business owner like <laughs> doing this um, but like what this woman says, she goes, no, like you, your, your understanding of a lot of concepts is such, she's like, you do well in real estate just because that just happens to be where you're at. She's like, you would, you would take well, this anywhere you go. I, I'm going to say, you know, you, you have a natural curiosity to mm-hmm. learn about people. And when you meet somebody, you don't want to just, yeah, you, you want to know kind of how they tick and what they do. And, yeah. And when you talk to enough people, you you really do start to build a a feel for what's going on in the community and what's going on, what's on people's minds. Yeah. And I'm just curious in general, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, because having worked in retail and hospitality, worked in manufacturing software, I was 100%. Why? (laughs) Why? Why? And I was so interested in reading. Like I started reading at the age of two, mm-hmm. right? And I haven't stopped reading, <laughs> right? I read 40 to 60 books a year. That's why I always like pop out different titles and names mm-hmm. of books while we're on the show. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about, you know, a different program mm-hmm. later. It's not, it's a, it's a show versus a book, but um, I, the, the stuff covered in that show are things that 
are part of why I made some changes in my career over time, actually. Mm -hmm. Sure. So it's always interesting to me. But um, yeah, so we're going to cover a lot of kind of wide ranging topics, but we think they're things that, you know, we want to put in front of the plate of our listeners to let them just do a little tasting, a little sampling of these things and see if they want to go for, you know, it's like going to a buffet where you try a little bit of everything and then you know what you want to go back for. There you go. Right? Right, right. It's like a cruise. Yeah. Yeah. You go sample a couple of cities, decide where you want to go back and it's do a, a longer it's trip. It's a cruise without the Legionnaire's disease. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a, what a wonderful way to put that. Thank you. You're welcome. Wonderful vision. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I was just thinking without like all the extra calories you come home with. Oh, but, that. You know, yeah. that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. Uh, all right. Hey, before we um, yes. get started, kind of jump into other topics too. Yes. Uh, there was a, an article I just read that said mortgage servicers braced for fallout as mm. the COVID bailout comes to an end. Yeah. And, um, you know, when the pandemic hit, we had a lot of um, uh, uh, forbearance programs yes. came out where you could stop making your mortgage payment. Yep. And those those all programs have a sunset on them. And at the end of that forbearance program, mm-hmm. guess what? You got to start making your making your payments again. Mm-hmm. And so this article was kind of a, a scare piece, you know, if, if you will, that talks about, you know, what happens when people have to start making their payments again. Yeah. The and, media's favorite way of doing stuff right. scare you. Because about seven point two five million people participated in forbearance programs at one point or another, mm-hmm. you know, representing that was roughly about fourteen percent of all homeowners with mortgages. So it was a big mm-hmm. number. Um, right now, there's about um, two million um, that are currently active in forbearance. So, so out of seven million, there's still two million remaining. You know, but the thing is, uh, what's different be- about this pandemic and this housing situation compared to a decade ago, mm-hmm. the the Great Recession, right. which was a housing crisis. Yes. Uh, number one, back then there was no bailout program, uh, and number two, home values had plummeted up to 30, 35% in some markets, not every Mm -hmm. market. Um, So when you got into that situation, you couldn't make your payment, you had to sell your home. It either went into foreclosure or Mm -hmm. it was a short sale. You sold the home for less than what was was owed on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You sold short. Today's different. Very different. We have equity. Yes. In fact, if I may just real quick, through Inman, um, one of their things that they just had in one of our recent emails from them as an update of what's going on. Phoenix, San Diego, and Seattle saw the biggest gains at 22.3%, 21.6%, and 20.2% respectively. That's in the last year. Huge numbers. Huge. and Huge and, numbers. And that is one of the reasons we're, we are not going to see foreclosures and we're not going to see a housing bubble. Mm-hmm. At least I, I'm pretty confident about that. Yeah. Um, there also was a new program that just came out um, by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So if you have mm-hmm. a, a mortgage that is owned by Fannie or Freddie, you can find that out, by the way, by Googling. Mm-hmm. Google, does Fannie own my home or yeah. does Freddie own my home? Mm-hmm. And it will F-A-N-N-I-E, not yeah. Fannie, like your backside. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or the other side, depending on what part, of, what country you came from. Uh, so, oh my gosh. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> so but you can look that water. up, and, 
<laughs> and find out yourself, uh, you know, if Fannie and Freddie owns your loan. Or or you could also check with a, a, um, mm-hmm. a person, you know, such as myself, and we can tell you. Fancy that. Yeah. But there is a, a special program out. It's called Refi Now, mm-hmm. uh, which allows you to refinance your mortgage if it was held by Fannie or Freddie. There are some, some conditions for for that refinance. Um, number one, of course, has to be owned by Fannie or Freddie. Number two, uh, that you have to be current on your, your home at, at the present and really not had um, uh, any um, major delinquencies uh, you know, in, in the last 12 months. So, but if your home's in forbearance, that doesn't count. So, okay. so if, you, if you were in forbearance and, uh, and you weren't making your mortgage payments, mm-hmm. to be eligible for this program, you have to start making payments again, make at least three. Okay. So you make three payments, you're you're in. This program also does have an income ceiling. So if your income is at or below 80% of the median income for the area, well, King, Snohomish, Pierce County, that means if your income is at or below $87,600 okay. for the borrower on the loan, not, not the household that you're mm-hmm. living in. Uh, you'd be eligible for this program. How is this different from a, a standard refinance? Because you can refinance a standard loan if you've made three payments. Um, you're good mm-hmm. coming out of forbearance. The difference on this program is it does allow for higher debt-to-income ratios, so it's much, okay. much easier to qualify for. Got it. And you'll get a $500 credit to offset the cost of an appraisal if it's required. Okay. So there you go. Not bad. Another that, you reason. know what? I have to say that that's... Um as, as I'm, you know, you, you mentioned, of course, during the housing crisis, that is semi-similar uh, to some of the TARP. Yeah, the modification Tarp. programs and things that they offered at That's the time. That's right. That's right. The troubled yeah. asset um, restructuring program is what mm-hmm. TARP was, where it was a, a streamlined type of a refinance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's similar. And, uh, but, but just another reason that we're, we're not going to see a bubble. Yeah. I just don't see well, it. Well, and it's just proving that we learned something. Back then. We did. Right? Because no, TARP was way after the fact, mm-hmm. after many people had already lost their homes. That's it was right. like it was too little too late. And it's like bad two to three years. Exactly. It was like two to three years, probably too late. We could have saved so many more, you know, households at that time. But, um, but so I'm happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. I'm really pleased to hear that. Yeah. And for our listeners, maybe it doesn't apply to you, but maybe there's some people in your network that could you know, use hearing this information. Right. So definitely please share it, whether it's through like friend groups, church groups, work, you know, what have you. Mm -hmm. Definitely worth bringing up, you know, what you listen to on the show Mm -hmm. because this is exactly why I started off saying we (laughs) we bring up all these other things on this show because they go beyond us. Right. 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 You and I could just sit here and hold this information all day long, but it's better for us to to share it. Well, everything I read, everything I study, Mm -hmm. my brain is like, how how does this impact the housing market? Exactly. How does this impact interest rates? Mm -hmm. Because they do. Yes. And Politics hits. Well, I mean, you studied economics. You know Mm -hmm. that, right? They're all intertwined. They absolutely are, because really, economics is simply psychology with Mm -hmm. with numbers. Yeah, it's pretty much all yeah. it is. <laughs> That's so, why the bond market is fair. <laughs> That's right. It's all about fear. It's about what am I afraid of today? Let's yeah. see. Hmm. That's pretty much life. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. So so that that's going to be an interesting thing to follow. And mm-hmm. and uh, I don't want to mention the um, you know who put out that article, CNBC, uh, <laughs> but. Um, 
we'll, well, s- we'll see what happens if they're right or if they're wrong. I think well, they're wrong. Following up with what you just said on that, there have been other articles in some of the news sources I get. And it's the same thing. Like they are trying to do everything they possibly can um, right now. Every modification program thing that I'm learning about, the only people that it's not going to help are those who just haven't been able to become reemployed and mm-hmm. who do have massive delinquencies. And there's just no way for them to get this kind of refinancing. Yeah, absolutely. But other than that, they're doing absolutely everything in their power to make it work. Mm-hmm. Which and is even good. on that, let's talk about some special programs that are coming up that yeah. may even solve that problem. Perfect. Sounds good. And we will be right back after these messages on Open House with Team Reba. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 (laughs) o'clock. I almost said Tuesday. That was our old show. (laughs) What was our old show? It was our show from when it was at a different time and place. Right. That's right. Yes. (laughs) Every Saturday from 2 to 3, Sunday from 3 to 4, and always on podcast. That's right. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. Just just search for Open House with Team Reba. Yes. And you're going to see over 220 episodes on there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots of good topics. Lots of stuff. Lots and lots of good topics. Okay, so we went into the break, and you said there was some other programs that you wanted to bring up when we came back on air. Yeah. You know... Because I'm, I'm going to go and, into and, a different topic of housing affordability okay. when you get done with that. But sure. What were these other programs that you well, had? And and I, I'm almost hesitant to talk about them because, and you and I talked about this mm-hmm. before the show, uh, back during the oh, leading up right. to the to yeah. the Great Recession, mm-hmm. 2006, 2005, we had this total, you know, feeding frenzy going on in the market. And um, and it did lead to a bubble. It led to a speculative bubble because financing back then was, to be perfectly honest, um, much of it was irresponsible. <gasps> what? But I know. A person could go out there and get a home for zero down. They didn't have to state their income. They might not have needed an appraisal. Uh, they might have made up their income. We had CISAs and uh I actually and Nina's mm-hmm. stated income, stated mm-hmm. asset. Nina, Nina's no income, no assets. Yep. Also we known the, as liar loans. We had the yuppie loan. We called it the the fifty five fifty five no looky. Uh, you know, there's all <laughs> kinds of crazy loans out there uh, oh that that required little or no verification and and also sort of an open opportunity for for the unethical lender mm-hmm. to to cook their right. books to to basically make things up. Yeah, I so, actually just sold a house for a woman who actually got one of those. Mm-hmm. Now she is lucky because her story turned out well and we just sold mm-hmm. it at a yeah. wonderful profit. Yeah. But when she told me how she bought this house originally, no, there was I was just yeah. stunned looking at her. She's like, "Oh yeah, my agent and my lender they just they said let us take." She's like, "I can't afford that." And they're like, "Ah, oh, let us take care of it." And I'm like, "Oh, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I audited one loan. A customer was down in Napa, California, and he called me up and, and wanted to refinance. And uh, and uh, he was with the orig- same lender. So I pulled up mm-hmm. his original application and I'm re- I go, let's review it. Mm-hmm. I go, you're still making 50000 a month. And he's like, what? A month? No, that's how much I make a year. Oh my gosh. 
And this guy's got a $1.2 million home in, in Napa. Uh, and there's no way he can qualify to afford no, that. No, So, you know, and then, of course, I looked up the loan officer being the Snoopy person I am. Yeah. And, uh, and it's somebody that I knew who was heralded as one of the top loan of- officers of the area. And it's like, ooh. At the time, you, yeah. You know, that's gross. But yeah. So <laughs> with, with that sort of a segue, there mm-hmm. are some programs that if responsibly used. Yes. Um, these are what are called non-QM, meaning these are not loans that can be sold to Fannie Mae or right. Freddie Mac. These are private loans, portfolio type loans. So there's there's a few different categories of them. And, and one that you and I were talking about mm-hmm. is called a debt coverage ratio loan. And this is if you are buying a rental property. So a one to four family home so Mm -hmm. single family home duplex triplex fourplex Mm -hmm. and it's a rental you're not going to live in it you can purchase or refinance with the program rather than using the traditional um you know qualifying things we're going to look you know where we would look at tax returns and your pay stubs and bank statements and w-2s and all of that Mm -hmm. this program simply looks at the income that the property generates right and what they do is they'll say um Whatever that income is on the on the property, it's either going to go by what it's currently being leased for or what by the market rent is, whichever is lower, uh, okay. that your mortgage payment cannot be more than 100% of that amount. Okay. Just real quick for our listeners, if they're wondering like why the difference of one or the other, because yeah. you may be buying a property that's currently owner-occupied. Yeah. Right. So it won't have rent rolls. Exactly. There's no rent history. And in in that case, we would just, we do an appraisal Mm -hmm. and the appraiser says fair market rent is this amount. May I ask one other question though? Yeah. Because there are people who are purchasing because with the intent of doing short-term rentals, Mm -hmm. how do they account for that versus longer term lease? We can't. Okay. So this is important for our listeners to know. That's And that's a great question because- uh, short-term rentals are problematic on the on the mortgage lending side um, because if if we need to use that rent income, mm-hmm. you know, for qualifying, even with a, a regular loan program, you know, we'll need a lease agreement to use the income. If it's if it's um, something that you own, if it's mm-hmm. something that you're purchasing, we just go by the appraisal. The appraiser says fair market rents twenty five hundred bucks a month. We're going to use twenty five hundred bucks mm-hmm. a month. And so, so this program, it's called a debt coverage ratio program, is a way with someone who uh, maybe their their uh, COVID affected their mm-hmm. their their income. It's coming back, mm-hmm. but under traditional methods, we're going to average it, or mm-hmm. maybe there's a problem there. Um, but there's still it's. A good, I don't think there's loan. anyone out there like oh that. <laughs> yeah, not every day I talk with folks in this yeah, situation. Exactly. Uh, so this is a way of, right. of 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 taking care of that. The other um, time we see this program used quite a bit is if somebody buys a home that was a foreclosure, they mm-hmm. buy it at auction, or they used a hard money loan mm, right. to buy a property. So. Yeah. So let's say you found a home and it's um, going to be auctioned off for this reason or that. Uh, when you buy a home at auction, you have to have cash, cash on the right. barrelhead. Exactly. Um, there are some 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 ways to buy them where you use hard money loan. They basically buy the home for cash, mm-hmm. and then you borrow the money from them to um, to pay them back. But then it's usually a short-term at a very loan high interest at an rate. extremely high interest rate. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so so this would be a program where you could actually pay off that hard money loan. And uh, and it's a fairly low hassle type of a type of a program. As that's a, a good thing to know that's out there because those are of the hard money lenders I've talked to. They're usually providing them in like three, six, or twelve months. 
yes, time increments. Very short term. Yeah. Yeah. They want they want to get in, get out. Yeah. They and don't start it's not long start term the process for sure. again. Yeah. So you got to have another option. You do. You do. So so that's one version of this program. Um, another version is what's called a um, asset based. Uh, loan. Okay. So let's say that you've got um, somebody that has no income or very little income, mm-hmm. but a ton of assets. Yeah. So they've got a, a, a couple million bucks sitting in the bank, mm-hmm. um, but maybe they're on a fixed income at Social Security or something like right. that. Yeah. Um, this is a program where we can actually take, um, use the assets as income, you know, to help them qualify. Um there's a third version of the program, which if you are self-employed, uh, we use your bank statements, either 12 months worth or 24 months worth, to determine your income you know, from the business okay. and use that to qualify. Uh, so they're just a little more okay. out-of-the-box types of, of yeah. options available. I'm surprised the asset-based one's back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. know what the driver for that was? Well, Is it just because we do have a lot of like people re- retiring? And because yeah. I got to say, when I say retiring, you know, I've been on the dating scene. We all know this. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, I'm meeting a lot of 50 some year old men. Oh, I who thought have you were you're focusing on the retired people. No, oh, good gosh. <laughs> well, in a way, well, not intentionally, because I can't young. tell you yeah. how many men that I have met just online, not necessarily in person, but sometimes just online and having chats with them. And you find out they just got done selling their business. Yes. So they have lots of assets, mm-hmm. but they now no longer have income. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I'm assuming that's perhaps mm-hmm. where some of this comes from. For, for sure. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just as an aside from that, um, there's a, there's a, a method of approving a, a, a standard type loan mm-hmm. with, um, you know, with standard interest rates. One thing about these special programs, you do pay higher rate on them, mm-hmm. a standard loan if you are of retirement age, meaning you're 59 and a half or older, and you do have a ton of assets, let's say it's in mm-hmm. an IRA account, mm-hmm. something like that, if you set up an automatic distribution from those accounts, oh, right. mm-hmm. and if there is at least three years of distribution available in terms mm-hmm. of assets, we can use that for qualifying income. Because it's your income mm-hmm. from the asset right. bases. So okay. for, for example, I have a, yeah. a client right now who's, who, she's, it's a transitional type of a situation, but she's 80 mm-hmm. and she's buying a new house and she's got another yeah. house she wants to sell, uh, but she wants to get into the new home before she sells the old one because it's just too, right. too much to, to do them both yeah. at the same time. Right. Um, we didn't have quite enough income to make that work. But she's got a Herkin Big retirement account. Right. So what I did is we set up technical a, term Herkin Big. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I needed an extra about fifteen hundred dollars income. Okay. So we set up a distribution. Oh, there you go. Fifteen hundred bucks a month. We verify mm-hmm. the distribution. We prove there's three years of of distribution available in the account. There's plenty in that account, yeah. and that's income that I can use for qualifying. It's an obscure. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac rule that not many people know about, but it it saved the the situation you for know this what? person. So this show, much like last week's show, you're now proving again why it makes such a difference of who you work with matters. Mm. <laughs> because you know, last show we were talking about me doing some you know detective work to help get a place where now now you're happily back into having a, a second home mm-hmm. in a place that you really wanted, and you're now describing you know this is proof of 
who the lender is that you work with. I mean, there's so many people who don't know that depth. Every time I recommend you to people, I'm like, this is a guy who knows the programs. Mm. I mean, I got, I know a lot of other very nice, you know, competent lenders that are out there, but they don't all know the obscure stuff like this. And they don't know that. I mean, that's, Again, this is why you and I do this show together because mm. we are, you know, kind of masters of our own little domains. I'm not not to do mm. do a Seinfeld <laughs> joke on there. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I had to take it the wrong way. But but you know what I mean. Like like there's a mastery level of what we do, and and this is also again why we enjoy doing it because mm-hmm. we have to be sharp. We have to stay on top of these things. And they, you know, I like how it keeps my synapses moving, <laughs> you know, <laughs> your synapses. Yeah. It's like, or your synapses. To, yeah. My synapses. Synapses. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> I gotcha. No, okay. I gotcha. No, it's fun. That's actually, it's fun solving those, those types of, of problems actually, because yeah. they, every, every person's situation is a, a, a story, story problem. problem. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Everybody is. Yeah. Well, I was, I was given that demonstration. Um, you know, I, I mentioned last week that $2.3 million waterfront house that I went to look at with Rick and some clients and the whole thing while we were sitting there Asking a question, then applying it to the property. Asking a question about their lifestyle, applying it to the property. Asking a question about their work, applying it to the property. Mm-hmm. Talking about where their life was going. Oh, we might have kids. You know, like mm-hmm. each yeah. of those things. That's the problem story in real estate. Absolutely it is. Right? Yeah. It's, it's the story of your life. And if you get that wrong, you're going to be miserable. Yes. You're living in the and wrong place. You can't take it back like a Gap t-shirt, like <laughs> I always say. That's right. No 30-day you know, returns. Nope. No one. credit, no store credit available. That's right. Well, we're <laughs> going to be right back. More open house with Team Reba after this quick message. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. Eric Oz is here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And we always forget to say this, but Reba, if somebody has questions for you, how can they reach you? They can either send generic questions for me and my team to respond to at info at teamreba.com, or you can also contact me by phone or text at 206-457-2984. Excellent. And how about you? Super easy. Eric at ericismybanker.com. That's E-R-I-C, Eric at ericismybanker.com, or you can call me anytime. 206-915-ERIC, 206-915-3742. And heck, if people just want to get a mortgage application in, they can just go to ericismybanker.com. You absolutely can. And worksheets and tools and mm-hmm. calculators and all that good stuff's on all there. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. But, and I like what you, you've suggested this before too. If you're going to call, uh, it's a good Please idea. Text. To, yeah, send a text first. <laughs> hey, I'm calling. I heard you on the show or something like that. Yes. Uh, that way we know it's you and not somebody from, uh, what's the latest one? AT&T, DirecTV, trying to get me to do this or it's that. It's just everything. Mm-hmm. I get so many marketing calls and a lot of them are, you know, those bot calls yep. and it's just, yep. ugh. So yes, we, because listeners, we want to talk to you. Right. We definitely want to talk to you because you're going to call with some interesting questions and needs and we're, we want to be here for you. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, want to make sure you're not going to show up on my phone as potential spam. <laughs> spam likely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. I actually kind of love that thing on my phone, but I do, I have to 
it does send some of them over to voicemail. So mm-hmm. it's a good thing that it does it. Oh yeah, for sure. Because well, every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. And not or the, the 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 phone rings and hangs up right away. Yes. That my friends is sly dial. Yes, it is. Yeah, I learned that from an old boss at a at a at a, a bank ago. Uh, that uh, I will admit I have that tool. Do you? Well, okay. So let me tell you why though. Not because, well, no, the thing is, is I know a lot of other real estate agents and companies use it to just farm, farm, farm for new Mm -hmm. opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I use it for expediency where I want to at least let my client hear my tone Right, because I don't want to just put it in a text mm-hmm. or an email because sure. I want them to hear the tone of how we're, I'm delivering some information. Because mm-hmm. I'll either use bomb bomb videos mm-hmm. or I'll do slide mm-hmm. dial. Because if I don't have enough time to have a 30 minute conversation, but it's important for me to get some information yeah, across, sure. I will definitely use that. Yeah, good. because it, that way I can that's quickly fine. just here's a message. Just want you to know here's the thing that's going on. This is what we need, or here's the urgency behind it and why. Yep. But I don't have 20 minutes to be on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sure. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with yeah. that, but it does, it does on occasion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get them and then I laugh and I'm like, I know, I know I, what that is. Yeah. It's... But anyway, so, um, can I bring, did, did you have something else you wanted no, to bring no, up right now? Cause it. I yeah. was going to talk about, um, cause you know, earlier in the show we were talking about, you know, is there a housing bubble? Are we about to have a big foreclosure crisis? All yeah. that kind of stuff. Well, other topics that come up that aren't just what you and I have a, an opinion around, but are actually about regional opinion Mm -hmm. and where the direction of things need to go. And this is also listeners. If you want to send in your concerns that you would like to put forward on this, um, if I'm able to do that, I, as my work at the Renton chamber, um, have now been tasked to be part of, there's an organization called the East King chambers coalition. And it is the Bellevue Bothell, Kenmore, Issaquah, Kirkland, Maple Valley, Black Diamond, uh, Redmond, Renton, Sammamish, uh, Snoqualmie Valley, and Woodenville Chambers. That's a whole bunch. That's that's pretty much the entire east side, right? And um, 20 years ago, these chambers, because people keep wondering every once in a while, like, why is a chamber, you know, still valuable? Like, why do we need these organizations? And it is important because we do a lot of work on behalf of the communities mm-hmm. that we serve, putting forth what the concerns of our local municipalities are to the legislature. And not just from a, what's the mayor's point of view, what is the council's point of view, mm-hmm. but what are the business owners' points of view, Yeah, yeah right? Sure. And that's really where it becomes very important. And so 20 years ago, these East Side organizations formed this East King Chambers Coalition to advocate for pro-growth policies in Olympia. And so there's 11 Eastside Chambers, of which I just stated, and they are representing over 3,000 companies. Mm. So this is helping these employers speak in a unified way to legislative issues because one of the things that's really difficult for businesses is not only just getting employees, but then retaining them Mm -hmm. and making sure that they have options for their housing and their families. Right. Right? It's a big, big deal. Absolutely. So um, some of the topics that we have talked about in the past, and I'm now part of this group who's helping put together what our, our positions are going to be for 2022. Um, but I wanted to just give our listeners a, a glance at kind of what 
what we just had put forward in the 2021 session. Mm-hmm. Okay. So housing affordability, we know it's a huge topic. Um, and some of the areas that we put forward in this, because um, in 1990, we passed the Growth Management Act. Mm-hmm. And even though we did that because we wanted to keep quality of life, um, it was meant to also um, create affordable housing and to speak to all economic segments of the population, right? And unfortunately, though, in the three decades following, it didn't. <laughs> that it's everything's become less and less affordable, yeah. partly because our quality of life is so good. And all the things you and I talk about on the show, like people keep coming in here. And so the demand is there and, and we get hit by that supply and demand. However, there are things we can try to do to offset that. And so in 2021, one of our goals was to expand the multifamily tax exemptions mm-hmm. to 20 years. Yeah. Um, we also because a lot of those currently are between eight to 12 years. And so we went to see the financing options available for that and um, you know, the incentives for development to do that. Um, they're also looking to expand that to include affordable condominium conversions. Okay. Now that does sometimes make me nervous at times because yeah, we saw shiver. what happened <laughs> in some of the conversions. Yeah. Um, however, but here's the thing. We do have a lot of the housing units that have come online have been apartments. Right. Versus, you know, things yeah. to purchase. They have, they have. So, and a lot yeah. of apartments were built with the final intention of becoming a condo one day when they possibly grow up. yes. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is we still right now it is easier for developers to build apartments than it is for condominiums because the condominium law in the state is very complex and and difficult. Yes, and so is insuring those projects. Mm-hmm. And so you know this is one area where we can continue to try and maybe roll over some of that so that okay great keep making those apartment buildings and then some of them perhaps can be converted right. Yes. So that's that's an option. And I am concerned about that personally because usually when someone's building that just large apartment building, that's got a single or institutional investor behind it, which means the average American, we're down we're still at like 65% home ownership rates mm-hmm. and condominiums are one of the first steps for people to get into. Right. And so we're losing the ability for wealth building if we if we don't have people able to buy. Yes, absolutely. Right? Individuals able to buy. Right. Um, so that's that's an area I think that's important. There's also creating incentives and penalties related to achieving the Growth Management Act housing goals. Because there have been some municipalities that have been very reluctant to meet the density housing requirements. Mm-hmm. And often, because they're in maybe higher priced areas, will only do a one-for-one replacement even when it's better to, to look more for density or there is a rezoning option for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um I won't name which city that starts with a K was one um, <laughs> that was known for that for quite a while. I think mm. they have finally, especially yeah, now that Google's shifted. grown so much, yeah, it's shifted. but, yeah. but it had to take a hard slap in the face mm-hmm. for that to happen mm-hmm. um, because that is a very unaffordable city. True. Right. So, you know, we're having to, to really take another look at those things because growth management act was again meant to be good so that we don't eat up like in California they eat up into the foothills they you know they they eat into their you know wonderful ecological diversity and mm-hmm. and we need to not do that right um, and then we also want to create incentives to encourage transit oriented development which of course during covid probably took a big hit it took a massive hit right so you know we're looking for 
you know, what are we going to look like in 50 years? Mm-hmm. It's just like Puget Sound Energy doing their East Side, you know, Energize East Side program because the system was last upgraded in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And when we had those triple digit temperatures here, that Put a really, strain on the system? It did. Yeah. For those folks who lived in Newcastle and had some of those transformers go out because of the intense heat, expect some more of that we've if we also, don't have it done. Right. And we've also heard proclamations that you know all cars will be electric within 15 years. Yeah. And think what, what that will do to the grid. Right. Yeah. No, actually, I hadn't thought about that, but oh. you're right. More yeah. and more of those. Wait. Well, and also those triple digit temperatures, get, what, what else happened? Tons of people went to get ACs. They were shipping from all over the United States. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So that load in the summertime is coming to us, right? So we need these things and it's going to be helpful. You know, again, we need the density. We need to be thinking 50 years out. We need to think about, you know, the fact that, you know, cities like Seattle are cutting down the parking requirements mm-hmm. inside of their development. So we right. need to have things available. Younger people are actually holding off getting driver's licenses. So we need mm-hmm. to have homes where they can access some kind of transit very easily. Mm-hmm. You know, so those are some of the things that we're going after. Um, and then we're also trying to, you know, promote policies that increase housing supply and rental options. And, um, you know, trying to create more of those dense, affordable units and, and thinking differently because, you know, what we see in other areas of the world might be better applicable here now. Um, you know, just like the apartments, mm-hmm. uh, which, mm-hmm. you know, when done poorly are not great, right. but in places like Japan, they're not uncommon or even in China, you know, like there's other formats that we can consider. And so we just need people to be open to those. And the zoning laws have to change. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Allowed. Yeah. It can't be the nimbyism because people forget or maybe just don't even know out of the large metropolitan areas of the United States, we still have one of the least dense, mm-hmm. you know, like 65% of our zoning is single family, mm-hmm. right? which that's is true. unheard of yeah, that's compared true. to other places. Right. Which is part of the character of the city as well. But that all has to transition. That has yeah. to change. And just look at Vancouver, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, further up, you know, north of there. Which is going to have a lot of stress on it because, as you and I know, Tony Joe, Toronto has an exodus like San Francisco and right. Manhattan. We got to get him back there. on the show here. Yes. Yeah. Be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Be good to have him. Well, hopefully that was a lot of information for you to take on here on your weekend. <laughs> So thank you for joining us. Uh, again, we're here every Saturday, through 2 or 3 o'clock, Sundays 3 to 4. Thanks again, and have a great weekend, everyone. We're back. Open house with Team Reba. This is Eric Ozes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. I thought that you last segment. You kind of lost segment, your senses back there, didn't you? I thought that was the last segment there for some reason. You were just know. ready to go. Yeah, I got it. It's you a, were so you know, excited about weekend. all the weekend. I got updates. stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> but listeners, we are still very thankful that you're here with us. Yeah. We do hope you have a great rest of your weekend. We do. Yeah, <laughs> I meant that with my whole heart. Yes, yeah. of course you did. You say it every week. You mean I it so much. That. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, know, I was just watching you going, um, are we in a time warp? <laughs>
I, you know, sometimes it's funny. It's it's a it's a hour show. It's which goes by so quickly. And it does. Every now and then, it's like, wait, where are we? What are we? You know, because I'm just so focused on what we're talking about. Well, and that's the whole thing is you and I both come to the table or the studio with so much content every week and we come at it from different angles right like Mm -hmm. you have things that you've been collecting i have things i've been collecting there's you know things that are running around in our heads just even on a daily basis and that was one of the things i wanted to talk about um because we were mentioning like you know are we having a housing bubble is there going to be this you know Mm because some of the other emails i get are all these bozos who who at the time of um the housing crisis they jumped on the bandwagon of like, oh, I'm going to go make my relationships with the banks and I'm going to get on that foreclosure sale list and I'm going to go <laughs> right. do this. And those people are coming back out of the woodwork. Yeah, they are. Right. Yeah. But like you already brought up, there's so much equity in people's homes. First of all, you don't need to go that route. No, you right? don't. You really don't. If Absolutely. you want to have more control over the situation and what's going on and, and actually receiving it, because that's the whole thing is someone does go into foreclosure, they don't get anything. Right. If there's anything left over, that's going to the bank. No, that's not right. to them. That's right. So we we want to make sure that you know anyone who may be having those issues, please, 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 if you know someone who's in those situations, oh, please, please have them get some help. There are organizations out there also that can perhaps find other modifications and yes. programs there. Right. And at, if if at the end of the day the decision is made, hey, we should sell. Please, please go get some good advice. Yes. Right. And, you know, if even if you're in a situation that you can't do all the work yourself, there's now new kinds of programs out there. I know even um, with my organization at Remax, we have some programs where sometimes you can have things done ahead of time and mm-hmm. the cost of those repairs and things can be paid at closing. Right. Um, but just my team, I was going to bring up, and I know it sounds a little self-serving, but I just, I want to give an idea to people like what really when we're prepping someone's home what what's involved and and my team in specific the services we offer right because we have a a ton of other companies that we engage with on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and when i say a bunch of other companies it's because in each one of these areas we have multiple vendors so we spend an inordinate amount of time cultivating relationships Mm -hmm. checking on services checking on the quality, asking our clients for feedback, um, you know, tweaking where we can, firing where we have to, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of stuff. And, and, and it's been a 20-year labor of love on my part for mm-hmm. that. Right. And I often, as you know, I've often not touted all these services outside of just who we talk to mm-hmm. because, one, I didn't want oh. my competition to know what I was doing. <laughs> right, right. Right. But I think in today's environment, it's really important because I keep seeing these people, agents who take a listing and do squat mm-hmm. for preparation right. and an education with their client. Yeah. And, and that's a disservice. Well, they're just trying to save money. And, and I've seen firsthand what you do and, and, and I know how much it costs to provide those quality services and even just simple, I don't even not say simple things, but uh, Matterport and drone footage of a listing and Mm -hmm. the staging and the cleaning and the the maintenance and the upkeep. And I know you've said on shows before you're out there scooping poop and doing all kinds of other things. I've done things that I really, yeah. Yeah. Yes. We've, we've done a lot. So I want to just let our listeners know kind of what our typical listing package includes. Cause the thing, and the reason why I want to do this is because the number one thing people ask me first is like, what do you charge? 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, how about we first talk about what I do mm-hmm. and the value? Because there's a big value behind what we offer. Right. And I have a whole team of people helping put these services together. Yeah. Right. So, you know, yes, professional house cleaning. And that's going to vary because every house is a different size. Mm-hmm. Every house has also been kept differently. You might be living in your house. Your house could be vacant. You might even have tenants there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a number, you know, maybe there were pets. We don't know. You know, so there's every house has right. a slightly different setup and square footage. And, you know, if they've got, you know, lots of, you know, exposed light bulbs, you have ceiling fans, you know, what kind right, of trim right. do you have? I mean, it's, it runs the gamut. It's a lot. Yeah. So when we ask about a professional house cleaning, what I want to remind people is, House cleaners have like typical lists that they have. And it's funny. So if you're that um, ADD person, you're probably never going to like how another person cleans your house. Mm -hmm. Honestly, you Mm -hmm. just really aren't. However, the point of offering the professional service is we know how much work goes into preparing your home. Mm -hmm. And by the time you get there, you're so mentally exhausted already Mm -hmm. that the next physical steps are sometimes just like yeah it's true now i just gotta go do this and the thing is especially if the house is vacant who loves cleaning out their refrigerator right right? who loves cleaning out their stove you know getting down on your knees in the toilet Mm -hmm. you know nobody nobody likes that ceiling of the microwave right exactly like mine gets cleaned all the time but not everybody's does Mm -hmm. yeah and some of those are pretty gross Mm -hmm. um same thing like you've been living in your house you have you know like window you know like uh, glass doors on your shower Mm -hmm. those have a mineral buildup Mm -hmm. you know the thing is that we bring in the professionals because often they know the tips and tricks on how to get some of that stuff off Mm -hmm. or at least the best that they can better than a typical person will do Mm -hmm. right so we bring them in i have seen 30 you know 350 to 800 dollars be very common my biggest cleaning bill was over two grand Oh. For a 4,400 square foot house. Oh. Because it oh. took multiple people. It had two kitchens. It had five bathrooms. Kids? Um, There were not children living there at the time, but I will say that the person who had been house sitting acted like a teenager and left a <laughs> bunch of disgusting stuff out. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's those kinds of things. Um, sometimes if you've had a renter and they've left it in poor condition, I mean, mm-hmm. those things sure. can be a real hassle. Yeah. Um, window cleaning and gutters. I was just telling you on the break, one of our clients recently, two story house, um, taking the screens off, cleaning the tracks inside, outside. Um, the windows alone were $775 and the gutters were two and a quarter and they'd yeah. already been cleaned once prior about five months ago. Yeah. Yeah. But we have, stuff clutter wind storms you know all that kind of stuff that's going on so that's just one example yeah right um professional photography usually varies anywhere from four to six hundred dollars for our services there and we do what's called a five level exposure high definition uh photography Mm -hmm. so basically the guy comes in has different settings on the aperture for the um, camera and so it it reverses you know, what it sees mm-hmm. in those things mm. so that when they 
marry all five of those exposures together, now you have a high quality. This is why we get the windows cleaned. Yes. Right, because right. now you can see through the windows to, you know, like, especially if you have a view or something that we want mm-hmm. to show or, or privacy, yeah, you know, yeah. like we want to have that indoor outdoor quality. So, you know, when an agent is not doing this, when it looks like an atom bomb just went off outside, <laughs> right. when they have all the curtains closed right. because they don't have the way to deal with, with the light differentials in mm-hmm. the room because it's a sunny day or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Right, right? So like we're really thoughtful about all of this. On top of that, as things have changed, part of the reason some of those costs have also gone up, since I started 20 years ago, we went from 15 photos to 25 photos to now upwards of 40 photos mm-hmm. are allowed. Right. Well, guess what? That means more time of right. the photographer. Oh, yeah. So all of these are continuing to go up in price. Even though they're doing price pressure on it, there's still more to do, right? And then on top of that, we have some of them offer now floor plans. So that's an extra cost for us. If we do 3D Matterport, which you know that we did on your last mm-hmm. house, mm-hmm. Super cool. In in fact, if somebody's got 3D glasses, they actually can like experience that. We have uh, drone, and then we do staging of various kinds. All of that adds up. Super fun stuff. Yes. All right. So thank you for joining.